positive feedback loop. This is Ray Dogum, and you're listening to Positive Feedback Loop, and I'm here with Stephanie, Luis. Yeah, and today we're uh, we were discussing, you know, the the pitfalls and the like opportunities that one could face or that can be utilized with body language. Interesting. So this is an interesting topic. I it, it reminds me. So I recently had a class where a my professor was not available. So. Instead of my professor, we had a stand-in come in who was a um, PhD student, I believe, mm-hmm. that worked my professor. And it was clear from the get-go that this guy had done theater just from his body language. And one of, my, one of our really? classmates uh, actually asked him to, the, to that effect, and he confirmed that he did, had done theater. But one of the things I found that made it very difficult to pay attention was that he was constantly pacing across the class, like in front of the classroom, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And while his ability to deliver the message was really good because he was delivering a really um, theatrical style, mm-hmm. his, actual, his constant movement was driving me crazy. I couldn't focus on anything that, he was, that we were doing. So I wonder if that's like the same across the board because we had a presentation in our cl- a student presentation in our class last night in um, uh, tech strategy. And members of a particular group, one member moved around a lot while she talked. And I thought it was, um, I thought it was actually very engaging because most people stand behind the computer, you know, clicking the arrow button for the next slide, and they don't move at all. Yeah. So where's the sweet spot between moving while you talk without annoying people? I think you have to sync it with what you're talking about. So if you're trying to like make a really important point, you can you know get closer to the audience, or maybe you know put your hand out and like you know. Not necessarily pace around because I think that pacing, there's no sync to pacing. Like you, what are you syncing your pacing with? Like what are you saying that requires pacing back and forth? Your internal yeah. dialogue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, your, it's your own mental. Yeah, I would say uh, the crazy voices in your head. <laughs> my approach, right. my approach to uh, doing these presentations is generally, I'm just tend to be really loud and enthusiastic, and I hope that that's enough to deceive the audience into believing I know what I'm talking about. Um, Usually works. Yeah, thank you. So I listeners that. probably perceive you as a, as you know that your body language is as loud as your voice is. Like, do you <clears> throw your hands up as you t- talk or give a presentation in a well? You've class? got some scenes about my presentations. Yeah. Generally, at least mm-hmm. how I perceive my own style of presenting is, I will do short pacing. Like I will move towards the audience in one direction. I will make statements. I might do a little bit of hand motion. Then I'll stop. Then I'll pace again, then I'll mm-hmm. do the same thing, then talk for a little bit, and then I'll pace one more time. And so I'll go back and forth, moving between different audience targets, so as to kind of, like, kind of giving people the idea that I'm trying to talk to them specifically. Not necessarily looking anyone particularly in the eye, because that's kind of creepy if like the presenter stares you in the face while you're, while you're talking to them. But I feel like that... Is it creepy? I, I do that... Sometimes, and I don't think it's creepy. I mean, I've been trained to do that. Yeah, really. I, I, in the eye versus just kind of get, yeah. casting your gaze. Make a point. Look at them. Make your point. And well, the next there's person. a lot of eyes to look at, and I, <laughs> I feel like you give them fair so treatment. So many beautiful eyes. Yeah. <laughs> How do you choose one? <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's. I don't know. I, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe that's the the correct style. It's. Uh, there is no correct style. I right. feel like whatever is correct is the method that works best. Unless you annoy people. Everyone else. 
with your pacing. Yeah, <laughs> according to Louise. Yeah, it, it was it was very difficult to pay attention. Although you are very conservative with your body motion compared to the exuberance of your voice. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Which That's I think not... is a good balance. Yeah. Because if you're, you know, like animal on the Muppets <laughs> and your whole body and your voice are just going crazy. <laughs> just flailing think, limbs akimbo. Yeah, it'd be very hard to be in business school and yeah. survive. <laughs> <laughs> what well, if you're not the one presenting, but your teammate is and you're just kind of standing there? And you tend to start moving, or maybe not pacing, but like kind of. Like oh, you get start getting fidgety. Get, you're getting yeah. like back and forth. You like sway your body a little bit, and you cross your arms, and then you yeah. like look around. And then you like look intently at what he's saying, and then you look at the audience and like yeah. nod your head back and forth, up and down, pretending like hmm. you know that's a, that's a great statement. That, yeah, that's also yeah. a great statement. Yeah, I agree Good completely job. with what he's saying. Wow, this guy knows his stuff. <laughs> yeah, I like I, I like that, but I, I think the main thing is to be try to be careful and not be. To not move too much because then you're distracting from the main presenter, I would say. Do you think that the more annoying uh, parts of people's body movements while presenting is due to anxiety? If people were to control their anxiety, would that take care of the of that problem? <coughs> That's a good question. That would, I think that might be part of the solution, but not 100%. <coughs> I think people are generally, they will try to do what comes natural to them. And some people feel it's natural to be pacing a lot. That's just it. It's like, a ner- it may be a nervous tick, but it could also just be like, just what they think is most effective. I don't think people necessarily think a lot of these, think these through a lot of the time if they're winging it. Yeah. So but what makes a, what makes people anxious in the first place when they present? I mean, I get anxious sometimes too. And I think everyone does a little bit, especially if you, haven't prepared properly. Oh, I get anxious <laughs> literally every time. In business school, that's kind of like yeah. every time we present. I feel well, there's like no way to fully prepare for anything because there's so much to do. So what do you focus on? What do you prepare to come to a level that you can not feel anxious when you present? What's the question? Like, what do you prepare for a presentation? What is most important about preparing for that presentation that makes you calm? Is it that you've written it out, whatever you're going to say? No. Or is it more of doing, if you've done all the research and you just understand it, that you feel confident? Or, mm-hmm. like, what is the... Understanding it is the best way to feel confident in a presentation. Writing it down, <laughs> it does the negative. Um, <laughs> it's a negative for me because I end up trying to, like, memorize parts and then I end up forgetting every single word <laughs> and the whole presentation becomes, like, a big mumble-jumble thing. I, I agree with Ray 100% on this. Like, personally, at least my style of presenting, I tend to wing it. Like, I, so long as I know the content... I can course correct if I'm going in the wrong direction or like I'm saying the wrong words. I know how to course correct, but if I if it's a learned script, then uh, forgetting a word can be much more difficult for me in that situation. Just because if it's a, with scripts, I just don't know as I'm much hard. I have a much harder time kind of catching up to myself because then I have the the my my internal instinct is to go back and say the th- correct thing whereas if i don't have a script i don't do that so that's right. kind of you wing it you move on exactly i feel i'm the same when i play the piano actually i have a very hard time memorizing uh pieces hmm. i have a really hard time memorizing a uh you know some sort of composition and so i uh make up for it by having a skill of sight reading so i sight read most music or I improv- improvise when I play the piano because I don't memorize well. I didn't even know you played the piano. That's interesting. 
How did you not know that? We've just <laughs> that she made the intro. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Have you played the one downstairs ever? Like the one that's like hidden and covered that you can just kind of. Like... I haven't because I did that not... would be embarrassing. There's a grand piano underneath the stairs in the atrium. Right, 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 right. right. I completely forgot about that. Have an event. Yeah, which surprises me that they don't use that grand piano in the talent show. Instead, that everybody like plays the keyboard. little player piano, you know, little keyboard, yeah. digital. And you, nobody can hear it. I'm assuming it's just a little bit more difficult to uh, carry a piano up the stairs or wherever the talent show happens. <laughs> That's true. Would you be uh, Would you be like anxious if you were about to play for an audience with the piano, or are you like so comfortable at this point that you? Could oh, play I've it? played in front of lots of audiences on the piano. Okay. So I've I've with performed with, with many the, times. So we're learning a lot now. Yeah. Um, what and so what kind of context were you playing in? Was it just kind of, like, are we talking like high school or are we talking like professionally? I don't think I've ever done so professionally, but I've had piano recitals when I was a, a kid. Okay. And then I uh, had uh, played in church, performed, you know, in front of maybe 150 people mm -mm. several times over the years just because they like to have musical pieces in the middle of two talks or something. Yeah. So... I'm used to playing the piano, but I've never played in like a, you know, orchestra. Like yeah, orchestra. some sort of Huge. musical yeah. ensemble or something. <laughs> Have you ever uh, played the organ? Yes. While you were in church, mm -hmm. we got an organ player in here. Yeah. Are you, are you part of the Harvard um, uh, organ club? No. No. I didn't know. There is that was is an that a med, is that in the is that like in the med school or what is that? <laughs> One of my old coworkers. The heart donors club. One of my old coworkers. He was part of that, and he was a great pianist. So really, yeah. that's fascinating. The organ is very hard because with the piano, you can you can kind of make up for some. You can make up for a multitude of sins with mm. the with the pedal. For a multitude of sins <laughs> in the church. <laughs> yeah. But with the organ, there's no sustaining pedal, and so if you want a sound to sustain, you have to hold it down. But if you need to move to the next note, you actually have to crawl your fingers over yeah. to the next note while holding the other notes so that uh, you have a fluid transition. Fingers. Yeah. So what ha what they, they call it like spider fingering or something because your fingers look like they're a spider crawling across the board because you're having to hold yeah. on to one chord while positioning yourself to play the next chord. Interesting. Right? But when you're playing the piano and you have a pedal that sustains the sound from the last chord, you can let go, yeah. let it sustain while you find the next chord. That's interesting. Ah. Find, that's kind of analogous to this, uh, you know, presenting a topic thing because you want to sustain the flow of your conversation without, like, bumping into, you know, roadblocks on the way there. That's why podcasting yeah. is so easy for conversation and presenting as well because while you're talking I can be thinking mm. and then I can talk and then Luis is thinking oh that's right oh I just never never think in general I'm just <laughs> no, I'm kidding <laughs> but um, that, that, that is interesting I so I've never played the piano but I did used to sing and I did used to and for a very 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 brief bit I played the trumpet that is wow. my experience with musical instruments um, I only played the trumpet for about a year, and then I was just like, that. it's very difficult to practice in an apartment building. You weren't, you weren't a loud enough person as it was. You didn't have a trumpet <laughs> yeah. to augment the noise that you made. Exactly, yeah. I tease. <laughs> oh, she's right, she's right. Uh, by decree, by decree the, the city of New York was just like, no, you can't play the trumpet anymore. <laughs> no, that, that didn't actually happen. But, um, yeah, so then I used, I, after that, I, I moved on to singing, and I was in my high school 
chamber ensemble. We actually toured uh, Germany, which was something we did. Wow. Yeah, which is cool. You and we went to Germany. A, yeah. Nice. That's a big uh, place yeah. to go. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is a country. <laughs> it's a population of Germany right now. I cannot tell you that number off the top of my head. Like that is hundred million. What is that? Um, uh, that is a very good question. I'm completely unaware. Mm, okay. I know the population of only a handful of countries. How old were you when you went? Uh, about 11, 12. No. I think it's 12 or 13. I was 13. 13. I was 13 or 14. I'm just crawling up slowly. I'll be I'll eventually be like, <laughs> I was 18 or 19. <laughs> 29 or 30. <laughs> I'm not even that old now. It was last month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm there right now. Um... No, I think it was actually, I was 14, I think. We actually recorded, actually, like, there's a video out there somewhere, of, like a DVD of our tour. We need to start, like, putting multimedia assets on our website so that as listeners listen to what we say, <laughs> we're saying they can find resources. <laughs> what was that choir tour he went on? Watch this YouTube video. Oh, yeah. yeah that could be a thing. <laughs> um, I have no desire to make that a YouTube video because it is a YouTube video of myself singing as a 14-year-old. So I'm going to pass on that. Thanks, so. though. Intriguing. Yeah. But I, I just never... I thought about doing a cappella in college, but I just never went into it. I just never uh, got particularly interested in doing it hmm. while I was there. I just never like, came back since. I didn't know you were a singer. I sang acapella, but hmm. not until college. So you um, just like stand in the street and, say, and just like sing words? Just, you just <laughs> yeah. like do like they lay down the, the bass track? poetry? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just go like, ba, 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 like just on the street, just what, for hours. What are some <laughs> yeah. of your favorite songs to sing in acapella, both of you? Um... Recordare by Josquin Depre was the you know first song I learned. Maybe. But start off and then you can pick no, up. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is not that well, type of podcast. A, it's for women. At least the uh, the version I sang was for women. And so I yeah. sang the alto too. Um, mm. And it's a very beautiful song. But there's a lot of really cool. I've always wanted to get back into an acapella group, but I don't know. Do you sing? I don't sing. No, I don't really sing, unfortunately. You have a nice radio voice. Though. You do have a nice radio voice, yeah. yeah. That's flattering, thank it's you. It's smooth. <laughs> <laughs> what were you like when you were 14? Uh, what is that? High school, right? So um, I had I was in a big high school. I did track. Oh, me too. For four years. And I kind of was, I got along with all the different groups in school, all the little cliques um, were cool with me. I was cool with them. I used to go to different you know, events. I don't really remember many of the other things I did, <laughs> except for like go to class. Um, my senior year was great because I was able to. I did like an internship for the afternoon, so I'd get out of class like at eleven fourteen. Yeah. Work, and then go to track practice. La la la. Do that five days. Were you working while in school? For sometimes, yeah. Most cool. of the time, I had many jobs. Oh, I could talk to you about my jobs. I've had. My first job, officially, that I got a paycheck for, because before I used to get cash doing like, like yeah. car dealership stuff and working with like my, my so jewelry working store. with the mob. With so the I mob. worked in Burger King, uh, on the drive-through and the cashier for like six months. I that is I, thankless work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on the weekends it was great though. It was because he's really got a good radio voice. <laughs> <laughs> It was great because like. Would you like fries with that? Just <laughs> <laughs> the upsell fries. You get the you get the king size. It's great. It's so much better. So you get free refills and they still get the king size. It's ridiculous. 
So um, I was a lifeguard. I uh, was an IT person. I did many like things throughout school. I actually was kind of a badass too. I used to buy fireworks. <laughs> Is that a thing you can do? <laughs> like, people have told me that because when I was. <laughs> There's I was, proof. The best people there have said, s- I am a badass. The, there it was great, sources. you know? There, it was a huge thing. It was great. So, uh, what, what we used to Did do. Did you wear a leather jacket? Um, that's a good Did question. Did you have a motorcycle? <laughs> Have you? Did you know that people have told stories Wait. that Ray fought a bear? <laughs> no, so I used to be like I don't know the who fireworks. Those are. I used to be the fireworks dealer in my high school because uh, you know fireworks were illegal. When I was like in sophomore year, my my friend's brother, who was like 16 and had a car, we'd drive over to Pennsylvania where it was legal. Strangely, Can we not admit to committing crimes on our podcast? Well, it's, it's been more than seven years, Please. so I can say it's been more than seven years, so it's totally okay. Even so, let's be careful about committing, admitting to crimes as long as on I'm a not podcast. Naming names, it's, it's totally fine. It's, <laughs> it's your, your reputation. <laughs> I don't want to lose my co-host. <laughs> I don't want it to go to jail. You're telling me that, or never because get hired because, because somebody's yeah. listening. Twelve to years ago, <laughs> such as you know, you know, trading arms. It's not really a big deal. Anymore. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I have so much editing to do. I have so many thoughts. I can't properly express them. So wait, let me take a step back. You have just upgraded from selling fireworks to selling arms. Are you next going to say that you own a plutonium mine and have been selling... <laughs> I wouldn't know. Have you been selling... Why would you own one of those things? You've got to lease them. It's, it's, a, it's not a permanent... Oh, so he's got experience. He's done the he's research. He's done it, yeah. He has a plutonium mine. He's been leasing it out. <laughs> okay, back to the real question. Did yeah, you those own are a leather... Those are all the truth facts. Go ahead. The real... Let's go back to the question, which is, did you own a leather jacket? Uh, the, did I own a leather jacket? That's a very good point. I actually don't remember owning a leather jacket. No, that's I don't unfortunate. Think so. Yeah. So clearly, you were not bad as an elf. No, I guess not. I guess you used to wear like sweaters and hoodies and like things like that. Did you own leather vests? <laughs> because that's With a whole different dimension. That's, <laughs> that's an interesting question. No, I don't think so. Okay, because the sleeves make the man, and leather leather vests are. Vastly inferior to leather jackets. Well, Just unless saying. you ride a Harley and you're over sixty, then they're really cool. True. I didn't have my True. license at that point, so riding anything was illegal. But it clearly, that's not a problem well, for you. Let me tell you another story. <laughs> oh so God! It's a, it was about like church actually. So when I used to go to church. Oh God! <laughs> I'm so concerned. <laughs> so I don't want to make this about my. You know, no, please tell us a story. Sure. So. Um, you know, my parents would take us to church, me and my little brother. Yeah. And it was never, like, really a great time for us. It was kind of boring, at least, in, in my opinion, in our opinion. So afterwards, we'd have, like, there would be a, kind of like a breakfast that everyone would take part in. You'd go downstairs to the basement, there's, like, coffee, and people are, like, you know, socializing. Uh, that wasn't really that much fun to us either. So we'd go, I was, like, probably 13 at the time. My brother was, like, 10. I'd go, I'd grab my mom's keys, her car keys, go into the parking lot turn on the car and like, yeah, let's try, try driving this car. So I, I was like driving the car around the parking lot when I was 13. And you'd get bored like after you do this for a few weeks, it's like, okay, the parking lot's only so huge. It's, yeah. There's nothing going on here. I used to practice parking in like hard spots. And then I was like, hey Rudy, let's like, you know, get on top of the car or something. Let's have some fun. And so like we'd put him on the car. We'd like, like move slowly, we'd like surf the car. 
And we like put him in the trunk, and then it's like, where did you wait, turn wait, in the trunk? wait? Who did you put in the trunk? <laughs> um, my, my little brother. Were you disposing of any bodies? Right? No, no, no. It was just like it was just like let's see, like how it feels to be in the trunk while someone's driving. Oh, I see. Okay. It's kind of like a curious thing. So, That's something a teenage boy would do. <laughs> I have a question for you, too. So, it, apparently, both of you, I mean, I'm certainly, I'm sure, uh, Stephanie, you spent a lot of time in church when you were growing up. Uh, Ray, uh, yep. as I've learned, mm-hmm. also spent some time in church. Now, I did not spend much time, significant time in church while I was growing up. That was never a part of my, you know, sure. being raised. So, um, and certainly, probably, you know, being where I'm from, had some impact on that, but just generally, it just never was never a part of uh, my childhood. The most time I've spent in church has been singing in it, or sitting through the through the sermons after I sang, um, nice. and that was while in high school. That was probably during the tour, etc. So, how do you feel that sense of community and those aspects of the church, not necessarily the religious side, which I'm trying to steer very clear of? How do you feel like the aspect of that ritual, going to church? every week or, you know, however often your family went and going through these, you're having this kind of sitting in a place for X number of hours, being around a community of people who do the same thing every week in and week right. out has affected right. you growing <laughs> up. You can take that first. I so. mean, for me, <laughs> yeah, for me, uh, the, so the Mormon community is very tight. And even if you move cities and you're going for your first time to a church in some other state, you're like family right away. So the, so the community is very good about it feels like your extended family. Um, and if you see somebody that you don't even know and you see a sign that they might be Mormon, you're immediately, you trust each other. Right? What are the signs of being Mormon? So, for example... I need to know this. <clears throat> yeah. So, for young women, for example, they um, do all of these... It's kind of like becoming an Eagle Scout. Like, you do all of these um, goals and, and things, and you get this necklace at the end. It's the young womanhood recognition. Do you have one? And I'm not wearing it. I'll wear it sometime this week so you can yeah. see it. So the and listeners can see it. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll post a picture on our blog or something. You get it from doing all of these goals like, you know, um, you know reading up. the scriptures yeah. and... and teaching lessons, but also doing humanitarian service and things like that. And I remember I was in Australia um, before starting classes. I, I went for a semester of college uh, at the University of Queensland uh, near Brisbane, Australia. And I was completely alone, had just flown into the country and had woken up uh, the next day. And there was a girl sitting at the cafeteria table eating lunch. And <clears throat> she, when I sat down by myself to eat my lunch, uh, she came over to me and said, you're Mormon, aren't you? Because I was wearing the young womanhood medallion. And we immediately became friends. Can, because I, can, I, just, can I just say that sentence could go so wrong depending on how it's delivered. You're Mormon, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. uh, so and then different she from, shot me. <laughs> <laughs> it's very different from, hey, you're Mormon too, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 And um, it actually so happened that she had not been to church uh, for a while. And so when she saw me and we became friends, I said, I don't know how to get to church. And she was the only one who knew how to get there. And so she started going to church actively after that because... I had to get there, and I needed her to get there. <laughs> <clears throat> so it's really interesting how, you know, 
uh, a community isn't just like the community you worship with, but it's almost like this tie. No. To well, it's, it's the it's the overall are... yeah, it's the overarching community of you have a tie. You're part of the in group in that situation, right? Just like an American who goes to another country and meets other Americans American, has yeah. has something in, that they can like relate to, and it's much more likely to like befriend them. Not necessarily because they're yeah. unwilling right. to befriend other right. people, but just because they're part of your in group. So it's your tribe, right? Sure. It's a form of tribalism. And it's not, a, a, yeah, it's not an avoidance of strangers. It's just like this relief of yeah. finding somebody who can understand you and your needs and your motivations. And yeah, yeah <clears throat> what your interests are, and you have something in common. You can, yeah. you know, that you have. You're probably going to have similar interests in terms of uh, parts. like not drinking, yeah. for example. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. especially in college <clears throat> when it's hard to find a friend group where people aren't partying and drinking. And so, it is, isn't it? Yeah. I wonder what the What's the percentage of non-drinkers in college? Non-drinkers in college, so just abstinence. That's a wow, very good know. question. I'm sure there's research somewhere. I'm sure plummets from high school, although high school's not great in terms of kids not drinking, because that's the time when most people are going through the rebellious phase. So they, I never had one of those. A rebellious phase? I never had one of those. That's because your whole life is still rebellious. Still in it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still in it. Do you <laughs> own a leather jacket? <laughs> I am a leather jacket. <laughs> Um, but uh, actually, coming back to this topic, uh, Ray. Um, sure. So, what was your experience like with the community and church? And yeah. Things like that. Well, so I don't know. I didn't really have like a very great time going to church. To me, it felt forced. It felt like I was being indoctrinated with stuff I didn't necessarily think was fact or whatever uh, I felt awkward thinking like why am I right and not all the other religions or something like that Th- things like that mm. it's like I feel like that's a way to like distance myself or it's the way our community distance ourselves from the other communities um, yeah I never I never found it to be so you never positive. really so you never really engage with that community aspect of the church not really no uh, interesting I was kind of I guess rebelled against that hmm. it's interesting. interesting also just that we're all three of us are yeah. so different yeah in very our different experiences yeah, yeah. and again we're, we're talking not necessarily about like any specific church we're just yeah. saying the yeah. community yeah. Of, the community of yeah which most religions have some form of community building aspect i mean yeah um and they all have their rituals which help you kind of further cement that community aspect um which help you kind of see others as similar to you because right. you have similar needs, you know, you have dietary restrictions, mm-hmm. you have, um, you know, dogma comes in and it kind of sets the stage for and easier community building. I mean, the other side of that is that you, you're you in this community and that makes it, because you're so similar in many ways, and yet you're also so different. And I think of my church community here where even politically and ideologically, we share the same doctrine and practice and belief, and yet there are other aspects of our lives that are so different. So uh, at this stage, we're going to take a very short break, um, and we'll be right back with PFL Podcast. Don't go too far. Ding, 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 ding. Come on down. This is Ray's Fireworks Barn, where you got all your Roman candles, bottle rockets, real rockets, super rockets, extra ultra rockets, and everything in between. Uh, come on down. We have a sale going on for 4th of July. This is July 1st. So you got three days. Three days. Come on down. Welcome back to Positive Feedback Loop. 
Uh, so we've just been talking about community, and <clears throat> I have a question for you, Louise, which mm-hmm. is, what was the strongest community when you were growing up? I would say probably my neighborhood. Um, I'm not sure. I didn't, we, since we didn't go, we didn't have really have, go to church. That was not a part of us, our community growing up. Um, I mean, we had my parents' friends group, which, I mean, it's its own community, sort of, but not, it's not like a predefined community, like, uh, <clears throat> like a, like a church would be, or some other sort of, like, common interest. Um, where did you grow up, first of all? I grew up in Havana, uh, Cuba, for those of you who may be thinking of Havana, uh, Mississippi. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's no Havana, Mississippi. Well, there probably is, given the way that... American uh, towns are named. Um, but I grew up in Havana, Cuba, and I don't know. That's a, that's a difficult question to answer. I think probably it was my neighborhood. We did have uh, neighborhood events and stuff like that, and we were pretty close. I remember when my grandmother passed away, I I spent the day at my neighbor's place. I actually like woke up at my neighbor's place because I had been moved uh, out during the night because my grandmother slept uh, one bed over me. So I didn't even realize until like the, that morning. You but woke up in a new place? I woke up in a new place and I was like, what is happening? Um, but yeah, it's, it, I guess that would be it. Um, very close-knit neighborhood. Just really got along well with the neighbors. I mean, there were, there were obviously conflicts and stuff like that, but on the, on the most. We also didn't have the uh, issues we have here. Well, not issues, but the policies we have here about noise levels which is something different about Cuba for the most part. You don't call the cops if your na- your neighbor's being noisy. Mm-hmm. You just put deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> for the most part. Or you go over and join the party. Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically, that's that's actually completely accurate. Yeah, for the most I mean, that was my experience. I could I could be I mean, other people could have different experiences, but at least growing up for me that was um, how I I had an experience it. with neighbors calling the cops on loud noises for, on me before. Um, so me and my, oh, this is another firework story, but it's okay. <laughs> we, so we, Did uh, you set someone's house on fire? You know, no. uh, you get bored around the neighborhood and you want to light things on fire. It's kind of what we did. So, um, I know safely. what neighborhood I'm not moving to. <laughs> yeah. I will not I mean, move all, right. in the near all controlled. I, I was a pilot. So we took a bunch of you know rockets and things, barred it to the park and there was like a baseball field in the park and we went to the center you know, the pitcher's mound, and we, like, yeah. set up this, like, nice firework, array of fireworks, and we started, we just started lighting them up. It was around, like, maybe 10 or 11 p.m., and we were doing that for a while. We, we left, we, like, we, like, walked through the, like, the park alley thing, and went on the street. All of a sudden, five cop cars, five of them, <laughs> no. just surround us, get out of the car, aim their guns at us. It was me and my friend. I think we were, like... Probably like, well, I was like 14 or 13 or 14 years old. Um, aim their guns at us. Put your hands where I can see them put them up in the air. Now, now, now. Like, like immediately. And, like, I had bottle rockets in my pocket. I had, like, a lighter or something. I don't know, some kind of little bottle of gasoline or something. So I dropped it. Put my hands up. And we're like, please don't tell our parents. <laughs> we're so sorry. And they're like, what's your information? What's your address? We gave it to them. I, like... I like very much thought of not giving them the accurate information because like, well, I don't have my, I don't have my ID, you know, I don't have anything that they can prove. But then I just did because if I lied, then I'd be even more. Screwed. Yeah. 
So, so we gave him our real information, and then it was, and then they let us go. Like, okay, don't do that again. Like, and then they were like walking back home, terrified that our parents were gonna like, just you know, we're getting, we're gonna get in trouble. So we're walking home. I was like, oh, should we tell? Should we call our parents' house first and tell them? Because we had cell phones at the time. Should we call our parents' house and say, oh, you know, this happened, happened? And they were like, no, maybe the cops didn't call them. I was like, oh, of course they did. Maybe not. So we ended up not telling our parents. We went to home. Like, nothing even happened. We, were, we <laughs> the, like... The cops just wanted to... The cops yeah, give you a scare, yeah. scared the shit out of us. Well, yeah, pointing a gun at a kid generally would be pretty frightening. Yeah. Yes. As, as we all know, you point guns at people willy-nilly. It wasn't yeah, one no gun. Intent to there were multiple That's guns a... on us. And we're just like, uh, no. <laughs> Wow. You know why this happened? Apparently, um, there was like a neighbor next to the park who was like a chief of police or something. So he just called because he uh, thought because he thought the sounds that we were making were, were like an actual attack. Were yeah. no, were um were it was like a fire like a gang yeah. fight or something. Yeah, you know. I just want to point out that Ray, throughout this podcast, has admitted to a series of crimes, <laughs> including and not exclusive to. Uh, what, uh, bringing in counterfeit goods. <laughs> From where? <laughs> I never said that. From uh, Pennsylvania. There was not counterfeit. Pyromania. They were not counterfeit. Oh, that's right. They were real. They were, they were not counterfeit. They were authentic straight from Oh, China. you're right. You're right. You're right. I, I apologize. Um, sorry. I'm not a pirate. I meant to say... <laughs> I'm not a pirate. <laughs> bringing in illegal goods. Yeah. Importing without paying tariffs. Well, you know, <laughs> you know what's interesting, though? That it's illegal oh, for dear. a Pennsylvanian resident to buy fireworks in Pennsylvania. But other citizens from different states can come and buy Wait, that can't really? possibly be true. How would they track that? Well, you have to show ID when you buy. That's very interesting. That's very interesting. At the time, I don't know how the rules are now. Well, there are plenty of interesting laws that don't make any sense. That, that is actually true. I mean, and a lot of them have good historical reason for existing, but just like through the passage of time, they become so... Dis, uh, disconnected from the way that people live that it becomes unfeasible to, like, in, uh, to imagine what they actually meant to do. Right. So something like that probably like, like stopped bandits or something. I don't know. Like It could have stopped people from robbing trains for all I know. But right. it, it, now it doesn't make any sense. Well, it's like the new laws about um, internet privacy and how telecommunications had to be uh, re- configured in the laws to include broadband internet because yeah. before it only included, you know, the telephone, the rotary telephone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of privacy, there was actually a recent, uh, and just to make sure that we were all on the same page, uh, during the, the commercial, Ray pointed out that it was a year that is not the actual year, we're in 20, 2016 still. Mm-hmm. Um, and recently there was a passage of a law in England where the government will be able to monitor people's internet history, which... Wow. With just like remotely, and basically like many different parts of government will be able to do that. At least that's my interpretation of the of the law. And that is a very interesting topic yeah. because I am deeply uncomfortable with that concept. So, so you know the whole um, concept of God and being uh, omnipotent and also all knowing. So do you feel like in our lifetime that concept will become more real because the all knowing part of it? Yeah. Like, there can be an entity because the that internet, can be all-knowing. Yeah, allows so for that. maybe, like, during our, at, towards the end of our life, we will see God, in a way. That's deep. That's deep. That's I've deep. actually Let's, thought about this a lot. Yeah. About, now, I believe God already <clears throat> sees everything. He doesn't need, necessarily, like, the internet. But I do believe everything is becoming more transparent. 
and mm. and that means that you know you're all all bad deeds will be known or whatever and i think back in the day people were like oh i've kept it a very good secret you know it's died with me in the grave but, but maybe, then the internet kind of but maybe that, i i am deeply uncomfortable with the with that level of transparency just because yeah. i do not like I like having my privacy. I yeah. I am one. Of, I am an old fuddy-duddy in that I very much like my privacy. Well, I mean, there's a difference between the government knowing everything you do and peop- or other people versus if you view God as a loving God and that he knows all, that you see it as a good thing, not a... Oh, like I wasn't talking... Strand of strangers. I, I, again, <laughs> putting the religious side aside, yeah. um, but just in terms of people like... People in this world humans, knowing, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm much more concerned with humans... And generally speaking, I like my privacy. I yeah. think that could be a Most topic a topic yeah. of conversation for our next podcast. Ooh, we could start off with talking about privacy. Good yeah, idea. so, yeah. so yeah. let's wrap stay, it up. So, yeah, let's wrap listeners, up. you've heard it here. Uh, stay tuned for the privacy podcast. We're going to be devoting uh, quite some time on our, ne- our next podcast to that. So, come back next week for that conversation. See and, you later. And <laughs> just as always, stay crazy. Stay crazy. Positive feedback loop. Enjoy.